self-awareness and being then able to be happy with who you are within yourself is the ultimate. And I wished I'd gotten to that stage earlier in my life, but I didn't and I'm not going to be upset about that. Mm. Um, I'm going to enjoy the rest of the journey. reflect on what your unique gifts and talents are. It's rare as women to take a moment to think of ourselves in this way. But what would happen if we made an effort to dig into what our gifts are and how we could get more enjoyment, growth and fulfillment from them in our everyday life? This is Topmast, the podcast for women in the middle of their personal and professional journey, who value continuous learning and growth and who want to dedicate time to understand themselves better. This is a space for us to collectively dive deep and witness our true talents, to feel seen by a community of women on a similar journey, and to celebrate and understand our gifts no matter where we are in life. My name is Beck Newman. I'm a creative director living and working in London. In each episode of Top Mast, I'll be in conversation with different people who identify as women about what they believe to be their greatest gifts in life. We'll unpack how each woman discovered these gifts, how she nurtures them, and how they manifest in her professional and personal lives. The women I speak to are so generous with sharing their journeys, and all of them are uncovering some brilliant insights, no matter how old they are, where they come from, where they work, or where their passions lie. I hope that in listening to these conversations, you feel invited to reflect on what your own gifts are because I believe that once we acknowledge and nurture our unique gifts, we can find an ongoing sense of fulfillment, wonder and purpose in our lives. My very first guest is Dr. Margaret Mayston. Margaret is a friend I've made through work via the Australian community here in London. She's an associate professor at University College London, where she teaches human physiology. She's a trustee of several boards, founded the Australia House Ensemble, and has also been appointed a member of the Order of Australia. In our conversation, we reflect on Margaret's lifelong passions for music and for sharing knowledge. We discuss our thoughts on whether gifts are things we are born with or whether they are nurtured over our lifetimes. And we look for clues in our childhoods and upbringings for hints of what would become our gifts and purpose later in life. I am so excited to share this conversation with you as Margaret was so generous. She cites one of her gifts as sharing knowledge and she has absolutely given us that gift today. So I hope you enjoy. The way I want to sort of start this off with everyone is first of all, ask you, how do you define what a gift or a talent is? What does that, what does the word gift mean for you? Well, a gift, a gift is something that uh, obviously you're given. So it's it's nothing that you've earned. It's nothing that um, you strive for. It's a part of you, I think. If, you're, if I'm thinking of personal gifts, I'm thinking of personal characteristics, things about me that perhaps make me who I am and um, help me to live my life in the way that I do, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so before we've you know, come to sit down and do this recording today, I asked you to have a think about yeah. your top three. Yeah. 
So how did you, you know, approach thinking about your top three gifts? Well, I found it quite difficult, actually, to think about what my gifts are because I just get on with life and don't ever stop and think. <laughs> That's the trouble. Live life at such pace, I don't ever stop and think. So it was an interesting exercise to actually sit down and think, well, what are my gifts? I really had to stop and think hard about it. Yeah. And I asked a, p- a few people, I said, yeah, what do you think my gifts are? And yeah. they said, oh, well, well. You know, and they reeled some off, and I thought, oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, it was it was quite a challenge mm. because I think we don't ever stop and think. Mm. Well, I know I just get on with life, and, and you know, I kind of one door opens and I go through it, and another one, and I go through that, and keep going through the doors, and don't shut many of them behind me on the way either. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, it was a challenge. Mm, I think that's super interesting. Um, and I think that's probably common for a lot of people, um, particularly women, I'd say. We don't really stop and take stock and kind of look inward at, at what our gifts are. We're, I guess we're kind of busy just carrying on, getting on with it. But that's also quite interesting that you um, sort of reached out to a few people to ask them. Do you think maybe in that case it's more common for people to kind of notice gifts in others? Yeah, I think it probably is because most people don't – I think (laughs) – now how can I put this? (laughs) We don't have – we don't think about ourselves in a positive way maybe, Uh I think. You know, um, we don't stop and think, oh, well, I'm good at so-and-so, you know, yeah. um, because maybe maybe we weren't brought up to think that way, yeah. you know, that, um, well, life's to be lived and you've got to get on with it and just get on with it, you know. So I, I don't I, – I think there are some people who say, oh, I'm good at such and such. I, found, I find it quite difficult to sit down and say, I am good at – Mm. Even if I might think it inside, mm. I don't even know if I think it inside. Um, but yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So, do you feel like there's a difference between that internal monologue, perhaps, and then sort of speaking it out loud? Yeah, I think it was. No, who was it? Was it Socrates or Aristotle? I think it was Socrates who said that the outer and the inner man or woman, woman, <laughs> should you know that we strive to make it one. Mm. And I and I think that probably that's a journey too, that mm-hmm. what we feel inside, getting very philosophical now, <laughs> um, <laughs> doesn't always match our, how we portray ourselves to the outside world or we may portray ourselves to the outside world as being very confident. I know people think I'm very confident but I'm mm-hmm. not inside. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, there is often a mismatch between the internal persona and the external one that people see. Well, okay, so you've sent me your list. So let's dive into the first talent, first gift that you sent me on your list. So you've called it a, a talent for education and sharing knowledge. So can you kind of fill us in? What what do you mean by that? Well, I, I because I've worked in education for a lot of my life, um, 
I thought of it first as education, but I thought, no, it's not really education. I don't like to think of it as education. I like to think of it as sharing knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I always, when I was little, I wanted to be a teacher Mm -hmm. and things didn't turn out and go in that direction. But Mm -hmm. um, I've always had an element of sharing knowledge in the jobs that I've done because yeah. I, I, I first trained to be a physiotherapist before I became a scientist mm-hmm. and in my clinical job I had a teaching element and because I was working with kids and their families there was a, a sharing knowledge in that too because it was sharing knowledge about how you can enable your child to do things in the best way possible so there's always been an element of sharing knowledge mm-hmm. I think in my life from when I was, you know, teaching the dolls <laughs> to to what, where I am now, where I'm, you know, teaching at university level and I'm uh, teaching at a great university, one of the world's best, and I think, yeah. wow, how did I get here? <laughs> this is amazing because I'd planned to be a biology teacher in high school. Yeah. Oh, no, this is much much more interesting, mm-hmm. uh, much more um, challenging. So, yeah, that's why I call it sharing knowledge and not education because I think education is about learning. Mm-hmm. But in order to learn, you've got to have the knowledge shared with you. I want to touch on something that you, that you said just now where, you know, this kind of gift is sort of, started back when you were playing with dolls and that's actually something I've been thinking a lot about lately for myself because obviously working on this podcast I've been thinking about what are my gifts as well Um, and I have been sort of harking back to childhood a lot and thinking about okay well when when I didn't have to you know make a career and I'm just had all the free time in the world and was being looked after <laughs> what did I gravitate towards and what did I do to play mm. and so for me I actually was you know I'd style my dolls for photo shoots and you know be making them clothes but then also making up my own little businesses and charging my mum 20 cents to paint her fingernails and <laughs> that kind of thing so I just think it's really interesting to hear that you feel like, you know, would you say your version of that, a lot of your play as a child, did this come into into a lot of it? I wouldn't say it came into a lot of it, but it, it was a probably a significant part of it. And I had different kinds of play. I mean, we used to um, set up parades in the back garden, you know, like um, mm. Moomba parades. <laughs> and you know, we'd be running the parade and then I'd run and I'd get around and I'd be selling the tickets and then I'd be in the parade. And so it was, you know, multifaceted kind of thing. And then there was a, there was all the sort of the crafty type stuff, you know, like painting. I remember being covered in paint because mm. I was using proper, proper paint to mm. paint a, a, a wooden tray that I'd made, you know, yeah. um, and stuff like that. So, and I used to, you know, play in the back garden all kinds of games and sports and stuff so I felt my play was multifaceted Mm. it wasn't just focusing on on the sharing sharing the knowledge stuff but I I think I probably used to 
try and tell my brother what to do, my younger brother. <laughs> so from that point of view, it was a sort of sharing knowledge thing, you know. This, no, you do it this way. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Perhaps yeah. I was a bit bossy, I don't know. Have you ever sort of had a moment to think about, like, your childhood in that sort of sense? Like, have you ever looked back and gone, oh, it kind of makes sense, like, how I've ended up doing this in my you know either your professional life or your personal life are there with do you kind of you know there's like these little clues in childhood that we kind of forget about well when when you asked me to think about this and I was thinking about you know the education the sharing knowledge I, I was very much drawn back to that time with the dolls I in fact I think I've thought about it mm-hmm. several times because it was it was kind of crazy in a way because I'd line them all up you know and I'd have the blackboard I had a playhouse with a blackboard yeah and um I'd give them pencil and paper (laughs) and I'd go around and write the answers for them (laughs) and some of them would be right and some of them would be wrong yeah I took it very seriously yeah it was very serious play and um so yeah I think that sort of sharing knowledge the educational gift I people say I have a gift for teaching Mm-hmm. Because I've never done any teacher training. Right. Okay. Never done yeah. any teacher training. Yeah. But I seem to have a gift for it. Mm-hmm. And I, I've never thought of it as a gift, but I think it is a gift because I do do it naturally and I can I, I do it creatively. Mm. I think I also have a little creative streak in me. Um, and, and I, I like new things. I like embracing new things, mm-hmm. you know, new technology or new ways of doing things or new ways of, of sharing knowledge, new ways of engaging students in the learning process mm. so that you're just not throwing stuff at them all the time but you're actually inviting them to learn. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to know what you think, like, in terms of... I'll use the phrase nature versus nurture uh-huh. yes, in well, terms of in terms of our talents, like gifts yeah, yeah. and talents within ourselves. Because yeah, you said yeah. you've never done any teaching training. What are your thoughts on that nature versus nurture? Are the things that are just inherent in you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a great believer in nature and nurture because part of my my sharing knowledge is sharing knowledge about typical child development, mm-hmm. and it's all about nature and nurture because partly. Our genes determine mm. elements of our behaviour, but mm-hmm. it's also very much shaped by the environments we're, we're in. Mm-hmm. And I think for children, very much shaped by their upbringing. And yeah. I can see how my upbringing shaped a lot of my behaviours and influenced my talents as well, mm-hmm. my gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've and positively and negatively. Mm-hmm. I can look and I can see that, which is interesting. So, yeah, I'm a great believer in nature and nurture. Mm. So Mm -hmm. what would you say Mm. are the kind of positive and also negative influences Uh then Uh (laughs) from your upbringing? Oh, the negatives. (laughs) We always think of the negatives. Well, I had had a very strict upbringing Mm -hmm. and so – and I always felt that what I did was never good enough. So I was always striving to do it better. Yeah. So, you know, you came eighth in the class. Why didn't you come first? Well, I did my best, <laughs> I said to myself. But so um, so that that 
worked both positively and negatively. Positively because it made me strive to do better, mm -hmm. but negatively in that I expected too much of other people. And I learnt the lesson very in a very difficult way mm. in a teaching session. And it that's one one lesson I learned that stuck with me, that I I needed to be more encouraging to the people who were learning rather oh, than interesting. expecting that they should know the answers. Because I mean yeah. how how can they know the answers? They're there to learn. <laughs> you know. Um so so I think, you know, that sort of strictness of my upbringing and uh, the, the demands to do to be the best mm. can has worked both positively and negatively and I've but I've learned about that and I think mm. it's it's good that I've learned about it because I've been able to modify my behaviors <laughs> and and the ways I share knowledge and so yeah that was a good lesson to learn and then, so that was, you know, my father's very strict. My mother was, was the opposite. <laughs> she was the soft and the fun. She was the fun one. Yeah. And I think I got the best of the both in some ways. Yeah, okay. Because um, I, I don't think I have a very good sense of humour. But <laughs> I don't like comedy shows. I can't bear going to comedy shows. Um, and, some, and I take life too seriously, you see. So I've okay. had to learn to lighten up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Telling you all my secrets that... now. <laughs> That's what the podcast is for. Mm. Um, well, maybe is that sort of where, you know, you've got like that nature side where you've got those gifts that you feel like you inherently have mm -hmm. and then versus the nurture side, be those things that you have focused on to nurture within you. And I guess... Yeah, would you say that those are coming from mainly external factors making you want to nurture them or is that coming from within as well, like your drive? Maybe both? It's, it's both. Yeah. It's both because there have been situations that have put me in a, in a scenario where I think, oh, gosh, that didn't go so well. Why didn't it go so well? And mm. Or, you know, where I've liked the situation with the teaching thing. Mm. Um, so it's been partly internally driven by wanting to do it better not not perfectionist better mm -hmm. because perfectionism it was the wrong drive that was like that for a while mm -hmm. but it it was modified to be the optimal way the best that I can do rather than putting the expectations too high on myself and on others so that that was something that was both internally and externally driven. Mm. So it sounds like even regarding gifts that perhaps you feel are kind of just inherent that you just have, even then there's been some unlearning to do around them, how you perceive them and how you kind of put them into action. How, I think how I put them into action rather than how I perceive them. Right. Like the sharing knowledge thing. Mm. I mean, um, I, I don't think it was so much how I saw it but how I put it into action that, mm -hmm. that I wanted to do it in a way that encouraged people to learn rather than demanding that they learn. <laughs> I, that, I think that's probably it. Yeah. I was demanding that they learn rather than mm. encouraging them to learn, inviting them to learn. And and part of that probably comes from a clinical scenario when I was working as a 
physical therapist where I worked with a very clever occupational therapist for a while. She was mm-hmm. great. And she used to, she had the most incredible ability to get the kids to play, you know, because mm-hmm. these are all disabled kids. And um, so she had a real knack of inviting children to play. So she didn't set up the play. Well, she'd set it up and she'd sort of somehow make them curious and inquisitive about mm-hmm. the play. So so it was this idea of inviting them into her space. Mm-hmm. And so I think I learnt something from that, working with her, about the idea of inviting people into your space by the way you behave, by the way you model a situation. Mm-hmm. So I think I've kind of tried to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't always succeed, but but that's what I try to do, you know, set the situation up so that people want to learn mm-hmm. or they want to be a part of something. Is it important for you to feel like your gifts are being experienced by others and benef- and they are benefiting, benefiting others? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's what's the point in having gifts unless you share them, you know? <laughs> Why, why do you give someone a gift? Because you want to give them something mm. something of yourself, which reflects partly yourself, I think, and also because you, you want to do something for them mm. and show that you care about them, mm. you know. I think that's why we, why do we give gifts to other people, mm. you know. Um, I think we give gifts to other people because we want to show them that we care and we acknowledge their, their celebrations in life and their sadnesses in life, mm. you know, that we're, we're in it with them. Mm. So I think, you know, the whole idea of a gift is, is much deeper than mm. what we really think. Yeah, I love that analogy and I love that sort of approach. I don't actually think that everybody has that approach to their gifts. Maybe they have some that they'll kind of hope will benefit others but then there's others that they will kind of keep to themselves oh absolutely i know people like that (laughs) (laughs) and i get very frustrated yeah people who are caught up in themselves i think is the way Mm -hmm. to perhaps put it in a nice way (laughs) but we don't have to name names no absolutely not um so I want to sort of go on to your next gift that you mentioned, and it is a talent for music. That's how you've described it. Can you well, tell us about it? I don't know that I'm actually talented about music, <laughs> but I have a passion for music. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I learned to play the piano when I was eight, and because uh, I was had to, my, mm-hmm. my mother made me, you know. Yeah. And I hated it, actually. <laughs> and I gave up after two years. And then I saw my sister kept on learning. She was older than I was. And she seemed, they, they liked that she was learning. So I thought, oh, yeah. I better learn again. <laughs> so I said, oh, I want to learn again. So I, I did start learning again. And they said, right, if you le- take it on again, you've got to learn till you're 16. So I said, okay. So I, I learned the piano until I was 16. Mm-hmm. But by then I'd, I'd become to really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I could play what I wanted to play. I used to play for the school assembly. and mm-hmm. So they thought I was talented. <laughs> I used to play for the, the school assembly and I'd play, I'd go to church when I was dragged up through the church. I had to go to church on Sunday, so I had to play for Sunday school and stuff yeah. like that. 
And I made my escape from teaching Sunday school <laughs> when they needed someone to play the pipe organ for a half past ah, nine service. And they said, yeah. well, you can do it. And I said, but I have no idea. They said, well, you play the piano. I said, well, <laughs> what do I do with my feet? How hard could it be? <laughs> yeah. So they said, well, don't worry about your feet. And I thought, no, I've got to do the feet. So I learned to use one foot, very mm-hmm. unconventional organ, pipe organ playing, but it worked and I still play so was um, that self-taught then yeah self-taught oh, yeah yeah wow yeah so you see i'm a person who applies myself <laughs> to situations yeah. and i always think there's a way there's got to be a way you know mm. so um music music became a passion and it mm. became something other than sharing knowledge work it was something kind of um that i could not escape to, but I could have another interest in because I think if you just spend all your time working, you become a bit boring Mm. and um, I think you become too narrow. So, I mean, I've I've done so many different things in my life (laughs) I've done, but music has always been there. And then I started going to symphony concerts Mm -hmm. because I didn't get brought up on classical music. You know, I played it, but, Mm. but it wasn't played in the house yeah so um i i went to classical music concerts melbourne symphony orchestra got a subscription went with a friend mm. and um i loved that and it opened up this whole world of symphonic music yeah and, and so ever since then that was in my late teens early 20s i did that um i've i've had this sort of real interest in music and and I guess, you know, it's I, – I, I don't, certainly don't have a talent for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I have I feel it's, it's a talent for me. Yeah. It's part of my creativity. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't play <laughs> at the Royal Festival Hall. I did play the organ at the Royal Festival Hall once just on a tour, just for fun. That's cool. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but um, it's – it's something. It's again. It's a sharing thing. You see, it's something yeah. that I share with others, yeah, and it's yeah. and in that sense, I think it's it's a gift mm-hmm. because it's good enough that it, I can play for weddings and funerals and church services and mm-hmm. school assemblies and um, entertain people from time to time. Yeah. I have a I have a an ambition <laughs> <laughs> to play in a piano bar, but I need the black dots. Oh. I can't play by ear. I need the black dots. And I think if you're going to play in a piano bar, you have to be able to play anything that anyone wants you to play. So I I I won't do that. Um, Um, I I did it once for a little lunch thing, but then I could have the black dots and play what I wanted, uh not what people asked me to play. So that worked quite well. And and it gave me a flavour of, you know, just, uh, you know, being able to entertain people. Because music is... A universal language, mm. and I think it it gives great um, joy to people. I mean, my father used to love to listen to me just play, mm. and I, and when he before he died, I, I used to play to him a fair bit. And my mum before she died, she said, mm. "I'll play me something," mm. and so I played her all her old favourites, you know, mm. because she used to play the piano, and that's where I think the interest originally came from. Yeah, so um, music. Music. I mean, I love all kinds of music. I love going to the opera, mm-hmm. 
and I love symphony music. I the only music I don't like is heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> but I like you know I've got a very eclectic taste when it comes yeah. to music. Yeah. And um and I guess you know I love Australia. I love music, and so the Australia House Ensemble was a a merging of those two passions really. Mm. So that's, you know, that's what drove that. So because I'm certainly not talented when it comes to music, <laughs> but I'd say it's a gift in that it's something that I, I like sharing with others. And I still do the old church service, you know. Yep. Yeah. So it sounds like perhaps the, the gift and the kind of passion for music is on that kind of nature end of the spectrum. And then the talent of playing is on the nurture side. What do you think? Oh, it's it's probably I think it's a bit of both. Yeah. I mean my mum used to play and I think I think I have a I have a talent for sight reading. Mm -hmm. That's why I like the black dots, you know. Mm. Um and if I'm in a real real zone, I can improvise, but it doesn't happen very often and I have to be really in the zone for that. Yeah. And so I, I very much envy people. <laughs> Who can do that? Who so can just I. sit and play? You know? But um, but I think it's probably um, nature and nurture. Yeah. Because I've had to, I've had to, I haven't had to really work at it. I do now because I don't practice anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but I can still sit down and play a church service even if I haven't touched a keyboard for six mm -hmm. months. Yeah. Uh, so there's that kind so of so there's that kind of inherent ability. Something that I I really enjoyed when you sent me your list of your gifts was that they weren't purely career-focused. Because mm. I think particularly a lot of working women who are passionate about their career, you tend to ask them what they're good at and they think about it in career terms. Mm. And one thing I'm hoping with this podcast series is to get women thinking about their gifts more broadly mm -hmm. because I feel like you and I have this in common where our career isn't our entire identity. It's one part of it. Um, and we have a lot of passions and interests that we do in our non-working lives as well. But I wanted to hear what your thoughts are like in terms of these gifts that you do, let's say, in your, you know, inverted commas, free time. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> and do you, do you see these gifts kind of filtering into your professional life and then also your professional gifts filtering into your personal life? How do you see that those two lives kind of interconnecting via your gifts and also... For example, I think music often does benefit a lot of science mm -hmm. oh, absolutely. and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to know your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, I, th I, th I think music is creative and yeah. it's, it, it also helps you to be creative in your work. But I also <laughs> use music in my sharing of knowledge yeah. so um for example i i give a lecture on um how the sensory systems guide the motor systems mm -hmm. and i 
play the students a video of the Toyota robot playing the violin. Yeah. And say, what do you think of that? Oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> so right now, listen to Nicola Bernadetti playing the violin and tell me what you think. Oh, very different. Mm-hmm. So I guess, and and often before a lecture, if it's a 9am lecture, I, and, you know, you have to be there a bit early. I'll just play some music off, you know, YouTube or something just mm. to say, well, you know, let's, what did you think of that? And they sort of look at me and think, what's wrong with her? You know, it's not what, <laughs> that's what people do. But um, so I, I, I don't, I don't see a separation really between mm. my so-called gifts and talents that I use at work mm. and that I use in my personal life because they're a part of me. Mm. And I, I am living my life, and part of it is work, and a, a big part of it's work. Although I'm only employed half time, I think I'm working more than full time. <laughs> um, and so it, it permeates everything. And I think the creativity. I mean, it's, it's just part of me. Mm. And so, I think. I don't see that real separation between work and the rest of what I do, although, of course, there is because mm. they, they, they serve different purposes. But I think the qualities that I have I bring to all of my life. Mm. And so from that sense, I think they're part of the whole picture, the part mm. of the whole package mm. probably. Do you think you've always been that way? I think I probably have. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. So, moving on to your third and final gift and final that you gift. sent over to me. So, this one you describe as sort of a gift of loyalty. Mm-hmm. So, what do you mean by that? Well, by loyalty, I mean I I'm very loyal to my friends. Mm. And people in my life, I don't suffer fools glad, uh, you know, gladly though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I <laughs> people know where they stand with me, mm-hmm. and the emphasis, and that again works for me and against me. Mm-hmm. Um, people say that because I'm Australian, I'm very forthright, <laughs> but I think I'm very forthright anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, and I've learned to be less forthright. But um, but I'm also very loyal to my friends, yeah. and I care about my friends and I care yeah. about people in general you know I mean I we have a, a personal tutee system at work mm-hmm. and my personal tutees always tell me that they really appreciate me and the time I spend with them and and the way I just support them through their studies and some of them still keep in touch with me years down the track so yeah. I think that's that's a sign that they appreciate you know what I what I was for them and mm. um, yeah I mean I think I'm a good listener and and I I like to get alongside people mm. and I yeah and so I that's why I think it's it's a gift because I, I look around and I see there are people who aren't very they're, they're so wrapped up in themselves they mm. don't care enough about the world around them or the people around them or take time for the people around them. Yeah. And so that's why I think it's probably, I view it as a gift. 
Mm. My mum was like that. Yeah, my mum. And that's where it's, I think, nature. Mm-hmm. That my mum was had time for everyone, um, except she let herself get trampled on a bit. And I do. I let myself get trampled on, but I'm doing it less now that mm-hmm. I get older and wiser. Yeah, that tends to be and, nice. and 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 also think. Well, I have to care about myself too, mm. because I think we get so good at the giving and the caring that we don't give enough to ourselves. So we have mm. to get the balance right. That, that whole analogy of put the put the oxygen mask on yourself yeah. before before you help the before others. you help yeah. others. Very true. Good analogy. Yeah. <laughs> I am a big fan of that one. I've had mm. to apply that to mm. myself. Mm. Um, when you sort of sent me your list of gifts, you mentioned that this was one that, you know, you'd asked a friend and they, they'd said, oh, you're a very loyal friend. Do you feel like it's important to you for others to recognise your gifts? I don't care if they do, actually. I mean... <laughs> I think it's nice if they recognise it, but I, I don't need I don't need people to recognise it, and I don't ever think of it myself. So I don't care if they see it or they don't. Mm. I've got to be true to myself. That's what I've learnt. I've learnt that I need to be true to myself, and not care what other people think about me or what they're perspective on me is because it doesn't matter Mm. the end of the day I am who I am take me or leave me you know Mm. (laughs) I think some I went through a phase where I did need it you know that sort of insecure phase Mm. where you needed to be validated externally but but now I don't let it bother me so what changed like where and where did that change happen Oh, I did a lot of work on myself. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think I learnt to be me. Mm -hmm. And I think the greatest gift one can have is to be oneself and to be true to oneself. Mm. That's the greatest gift of all. But, But, you know, like we said at the beginning, it's a journey. I mean, I've had a great journey and I'm hoping the journey is going to keep on going. And I can see there's been various turning points along the way, turning points brought about by situations, brought about by people, Mm -hmm. but I can identify them as turning points. And um, I think the one, the one where, (laughs) the one that I really learnt that it's okay to be me, Well, that was that. That's a very personal one, really. I think um, to do with with my father, and mm-hmm. because he was such a hard person, mm-hmm. and it, and it did affect how I lived in my early adult years. Mm-hmm. And I told, I, I did share it how he'd, you know, how his the way he brought me up had affected my life and my relationships, and and he. In a few months before he died, he 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 stopped and he said to me that he was sorry, mm, and wow. and that was a very powerful mm. situation to be in, and um, 
And a few days before he died, just before he, he became um, unconscious, he, he was very lucid and he, he sat there and he said to me, I want you to know, now I might start to cry now, I want you to know um, that I'm proud, very proud of everything that you've achieved because he'd never told me anything in my life was good. Yeah, wow. So that, I think that was a moment where I thought... Big point. A big turning point and where I thought, well... You know, I am who I am and I'm the product of my upbringing and I can't change that. Mm. But I've done a hell of a lot on the way and I've I've worked hard but it's been good and the journey my career has gone has been amazing mm. and I just think he may have been hard on me but it, it had its positives. Mm. Sure, it had its negatives, but overall, it's been positive. But it's taken me a long time, a long time to feel that I am who I am and I'm happy with who I am, and it doesn't matter what people think. Mm. And I think, you know, that's what I've said. I think the greatest gift you can have is to be happy within your own skin and just be. If there are other women that are listening to this now, is there anything from that experience that, I guess, going back to your gift of sharing knowledge, mm-hmm. is there anything from that experience that you would wish for other women to know in terms of how they navigate that? Oh, yes. Work on it sooner. Work on it sooner rather yeah. than later. Reco- I think... I think it's important to spend some time to discover who we are and how we've become who we've become. If people have had a had a challenging time in their life, I think to recognize it is the first step. And then to get some help to understand it. Mm. Because if you under, once I understood it, I could deal with it. Mm. And then you've got got a way of dealing with it, you know. So I think it's important to, if if you feel that you're not confident or if you feel that there's something that's driving you and you're not happy within yourself, you need to have a look at it and get some help because we can't always work it out on our own. Mm. I mean, I'm not I'm not averse to saying that I went and had counselling, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I found a really good one. Mm. and you have to find the right one yeah and you know um but she was a turning point for me because Mm. she helped me to see that that what I had gone through well it's no wonder (laughs) that I was I was the way I was because of that and she said to me you know it's no wonder and I and that kind of made me feel better yeah. It made me say, okay, that was what happened, but I don't have to live with that forever. Yeah. You know, I can be myself and I don't have to be um, the product of my upbringing. I mean, there's a certain certain part of it that will always be there, but mm-hmm. because I recognise it, yeah. I can deal with it. And self-awareness. Self-awareness is a gift, 
I think <laughs> it is a gift because yeah. self-awareness and being then able to be happy with who you are within yourself is the ultimate. Mm. And I wished I'd gotten to that stage earlier in my life, but I didn't and I'm not going to be upset about that. Mm. Um, I'm going to enjoy the rest of the journey feeling better about myself. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, so to kind of wrap up our conversation. <laughs> our therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know, are there, like, are there any gifts, you know, whether you've, we've talked about them today or any others, <clears throat> are there any that you hope to nurture within yourself in the future? So as we've said, it is a journey. It doesn't just yeah. stop here today. Well, um, I want to keep working on enjoying being who I am mm -hmm. and really crack that. Mm. Got to crack it. <laughs> and um, oh, look, just being content, I think, with who I am and in my life and in my interactions with others, mm -hmm. that, that it's the best it can be and it benefits everyone and I can relax in it. Mm. I, I don't have to work at it. I, I want to nurture the happy part of me. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I've been doing re recently is looking through some photographs oh. and and I, I know that I don't smile as much as I used to. My father used to say to me, You've got a people say to me I've got an amazing smile but I've I've looked at my photos and I've thought oh I need to smile oh. really really and I think that reflects the inner contentment and happiness okay and I think you know I think life goes through phases and in the last few years I've been you know since my both my parents died yeah I, it's been a another turning point another mm, adaptation another, chapter, another yeah. chapter and now I feel I'm moving into another chapter mm -hmm. where I've kind of come to terms with all of that mm. and now I need to be the happy person and really get on and enjoy life to the full live it to mm. the full mm. and be be more perhaps happily present to others <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah so I think that's what I'd like to nurture in the next few years in this new chapter, that kind of um, freedom, freedom, that's what it is, mm. freedom, freedom of spirit, freedom of being who I am and being happy about who I am. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Topmast. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a review and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts.